And it's good to see some of you that this is your first day back. Man, I missed you. I can't see your face, but I see your eyeballs, and I love them. For all of you that are guests today, we welcome you. As you can tell, this is a hopping church. This is a church that loves Jesus with all their hearts, and we are a people of the Word of God, and we may not know you, but let me tell you a secret. We love you already. You are welcome in this place, whoever you are, wherever you've been. For those that are watching us live, we welcome you also. Sit and listen to what God has to say to you today, because it's very important that you understand what we will teach today. We want to answer. If we're going to walk in authority, as we have already taught, then we need to understand the reason for Easter. Easter is a completed work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointed word. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that helps me to explain the depth of your heart to your sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord, for salvation and healing today, for restoration, for just a passion of the Holy Spirit to bring peace in our hearts with some of the experiences we are experiencing today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before I dive into this, you were given a little gift, take 30. It is a teaching that I did on how to journal, how to dive into the Word of God. It is so vital that we pray, that we read the Word of God, and we make a choice that after all this COVID evil, that we make a choice to dive into the Word of God and no longer allow the enemy any foothold in our lives, our homes, our nation, and our world. We have the authority to walk in the things of God. So what does Easter mean? What does it mean that Jesus rose from the grave? If we're walking in authority and people ask why, we can tell them why. Because of what Jesus did. What does it mean that he died? We celebrated that on Good Friday, his death. And today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here's the complete thought of what we want to answer today. Why did Jesus die and why did he rise again? In John chapter 19 verse 28, there are three words we must understand. I'm going to say them in different ways. We will read it, but I'm going to show you in different ways of the meaning of those three words. Verse 28 says this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. That's a great statement, isn't it? Have you ever had a, a feeling or emotion where you were doing something and you finally accomplished it? And the emotion that you felt? We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What does that mean? Jesus, the Son of God, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, 
knew that all things were now accomplished or now completed. Church family, it is finished. Verse 28 says that the scripture might be fulfilled or completed, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was, was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, here it is, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. These are amazing three scriptures. Sometimes we read over it because we know the story. But today I want to remind you, Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Son of God says, it is finished. The work was completed. There is nothing more Jesus Christ, God himself, needs to do. So the question is, to us as a church, do you or do we really believe that? Many think, God, you got to do something. God, you know what I'm facing right now. You know what I'm feeling right now. God, you got to do something. Three words. It is finished. I've completed it, son. I've completed it, daughter. It is completed. Everything that had to be done is done. And Jesus doesn't have to do anything else for all humanity. Wow. But pastor, what happened last year? God had to do something. It's finished. Everything that you need to have a right relationship with God was completed by Jesus Christ. So here it is. Everything on God's part has been done, completed, it is finished. So let me just say this to you. In your prayer life, have you ever sat there feeling lost? Feeling like, God, where are you? God already did it. He foreknew the situation you would be in. And he did the work. So you could dive into God himself. So again, the questions are, what does it mean that he died and rose again? Well, let me give you just a quick answer. And let's dive deep into it. He died to give you and me eternal life. One day, this body will go away. But Gary Klaus will be there for eternity. He rose again. Church family, Jesus Christ is risen to give me a victorious, abundant life on this earth. Jesus rose victorious, victoriously, so now I can live 
victoriously no matter what I face, no matter what's going on in my life right now. So again, let's dig deep. Let's understand four things that Christ did when he died and when he arose from the dead. The first thing that he did is he bore and released us from shame. He bore my shame in his death. And then he released us from shame's power in his resurrection. You don't have to be bound by your past anymore. People have said, remember what you did before, you're paying for it now. No, Jesus paid for it. You don't have to be bound by insecurity. You don't have to be bound by fear, by guilt, or any condemnation. You are released in the power of his resurrection. You no longer have to live a life of insecurity. So here's the truth. My past was bad. Did you know that? Your pastor has a past that was bad, but ha <laughs> yours was too. Don't look at me that way. I do see your eyeballs. And let me just say this to you. For all this religious stuff that goes around, all you goody two-shoes weren't good enough either. You weren't good enough to pay for your sins. Only Jesus, the perfect man, could do that. That's why he died and that's why he rose again. That's the story of Easter. I'm wearing pink. Yeah, I am. We're going to do Easter egg hunts. My grandkids got a surprise. They're going to be so excited. But they're going to know that Jesus died and Jesus arose again. And they will know at a young age what is the meaning of Easter. See, you've had thoughts of loneliness. We need to get the correct perspective of what it means that he died and rose again. You have loneliness. You have insecurity. You have fear. You had embarrassing, humiliating things that have happened to you in your past, maybe even today. You've had pride. You've had anger. You've had bitterness. It's all bad. But the good news, it's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus shed his blood for that very reason. You are released from any shame. Jesus has risen, church. In Genesis 2, it says this, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. See, most of our, our minds, and it should go there, but most of our minds go to nakedness of the flesh. But I want to tell you what this is also talking about is nakedness of your spirit, of who you are, your personality, that there is no shame. Before sin, there was no shame in the world. And when they fell into sin, this is what happened. Look what happened. The first thing, verse 7, 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. The first bikinis. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. We're going to find out that shame causes you to hide from God. Causes you to not expect God to answer your prayers. It causes you to think God is not there and God is not going to do anything for you. And I want to tell you, God is always there. That's what sin does. We hide from God in shame. When we hide, we don't know God. And then we have a tendency to blame God. Have you ever done that? God, why didn't you do something? Verse 9, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? He knew where he was, but he was trying to get him to confess his sin. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? So the first response to sin was shame, and they hid, we hide, and we cover up. See, God has an answer. God graciously loves you. And Jesus Christ said, it is finished. It is completed. The three powerful words. But today we still hide and run from our spiritual nakedness. Why is that? Because we don't understand we are released from shame. Even when you mess up, you don't have to run. God's right there waiting for you to confess it to him. And you know what happens? He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you all from all unrighteousness, Scripture says. Fellowship with God, that's what it's about. Our prayer life, our belief system, and faith's greatest enemy is shame. We come to God even in church and say, don't look. Don't look. Because you don't know what I did last week. So we sit quietly or we hide it in what we do. Hey, family, friends, you don't have to live in shame anymore. That's what we celebrate in Easter. Jesus bore your shame on the cross. Church family, you're set free. You are born again. You are set free from shame. In the garden, there was no introverts or extroverts either. Shame created those personalities. When you are delivered from shame by knowing Christ took care of it, you then serve God 100%, and those around you, you are a blessing in the kingdom of God. Not only you serve God, but you serve one another. You become a huge blessing. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Just a bunch of blessings walking around. Hello, blessing. Amen.
There are people that talk about OSL, our discipleship group, and they say, I don't need that. They want to control you. I want to say you're living in shame. You're saying, I am still holding on to my fig leaf. If you saw in the spiritual realm, there are a bunch of Christians running around with fig leaves on, trying to hide from God, hide from one another. Church family, I'm open to you. I don't need to hide. Jesus took care of my shame. My past no longer has control over me. <laughs> Some people say, well, I'm not smart enough for that discipleship class. <laughs> You're wearing your fig leaf. You're hiding. Shame says, I can't commit too much. They will really get to know me. And if they get to know me, they won't like me because I don't like myself. That's shame. And you've been delivered from that. You need to love yourself. You need to look in that mirror, and no matter what faults you see, you need to say, you're an amazing person in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me make a statement. And I, I know Pastor Dan said, I love that word identity, our, our new youth group theme and name, I can be who God made me to be because I've been set free from shame. You can be who God, not what you think or the world says you are. It's amazing how they're trying to change everybody's identity. You're who God created you to be. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But in the middle of these two verses, look at verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. The second thing completed that was finished is Jesus bore and released us from slavery. That's a terminology of the day. Jesus bore and released us from slavery. He released you from wrong thoughts of who you are. John 8, verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and you have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, there's a saying there. They said, we've never been in bondage to anyone. Let me just say this. Have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever read about Israel? The Bible tells us they've been in bondage to everyone, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. And when they made this statement, they were in bondage to the Romans. Jeez. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's what this does to you when you walk in shame and then you don't understand you've been delivered 
from slavery. You have been set free from the power of sin and the power of the enemy. And because of that, you no longer are in bondage to that. (laughs) See, don't look at them so hard, though. The pastor gets up and preaches on sin, lust, and marriage, and some in the congregation think, well, I'm glad I don't have any of those problems. Looking down their noses, church family. (laughs) Some think in Christianity today, you've never been in bondage. You were born in bondage, but you've been set free by being born again. That's what we celebrate in Easter. That's what the cross and resurrection did. Jesus wants to make it clear the truth has made you free. You haven't. The truth has made me free. I haven't made me free. Jesus Christ did by accepting his grace of the work of the cross. Verse 34, let's look at that. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. You no longer are a slave, you're a son or a daughter of God. You got to understand this, church family. There's so many times we we go out and we, hey, we do the same thing. We go out and we got a a, a ribeye roast going to be cooked, steaks, We were going to get a honey-baked ham, but we didn't do it because Terry's still in North Carolina because all the caretakers came down with COVID, so she had to stay with her mom. She'll be back this coming week. But your sons and daughters, a son and daughter of God, that's what we celebrate in Easter. Verse 36 Therefore, if the Son, Jesus, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, the good news is you are free indeed. Basically, indeed means means that it was done for you. You didn't do it. You just received it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. Just accept it. Do we mess up? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. If I said, any of you mess up in life at times, you could raise your one hand. Well, I could raise my hands, my feet, my toes, and my fingers. I've messed up. But I live my life with grace, the grace and the mercy of the cross and his resurrection. Scripture also says I can't live in the house of God and be a slave. Galatians 4, 7 Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You are set free by God's grace, by what he completed. It is finished on the cross. 1 John 3.8 says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection, has destroyed the works of the devil and given you power over sin. (laughs) You don't have to be in bondage to that sin. Don't choose to get better 
It's so funny. People always say, yeah, I'm going to get better. New Year's resolution. I'm going to get better. I'm going to change. All right, good. Do it. But I want to tell you, to have power over the sin, you got to do it through the grace of Christ, of the cross. By his grace, you are set free. So Jesus is risen. We can walk in victory with him. Romans 8, 11 speaks of the power. But if the spirit of God, of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, you're born again, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Back to John chapter 19, verse 28. Jesus said, I thirst. Jesus is saying these things by that. I am ready to be separated from you, Father, so those created who have been separated from us don't have to be separated anymore. <laughs> He's going to be separated from God on the cross so you and I don't have to be being born again. Jesus is saying there also, I am willing to be forsaken so they can be accepted. Well, you know my past. I've done some dirty deeds, and I probably can't do that because of my past. That is a bunch of malarkey. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are a powerful men and women of God. You are a person that can do what God's called you to do. This also said, I thirst. I'm willing to be rejected so they can be in our family relationship with God. Where are you, God? He's right there. See, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is reach out to him. Pray, read the word, spend time, be faithful in church, love one another. Jesus, just before he said that it's finished, took sour wine, which represents freedom from slavery for us. Wow. I don't have to live in bondage anymore. You don't either. The third, third thing completed is he bore and released us from sickness. Now hold on. Hold on. Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. If the Bible says it, we must believe it. No matter what our past has been, and experiences, or even what you are experiencing today. The enemy wants to bring pain and suffering in your life. Death was not God's plan. Sin brought death. Exodus 23, 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That's the old covenant. There was healing there. Deuteronomy 7:15. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with, the, with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. 
That's the old covenant as well. Healing was part of the old covenant, and Hebrews tells us that the new covenant is a better covenant. So don't tell me that in the New Testament that healing has gone away, no matter what your experiences are. I just did a message, a funeral for my father-in-law. Death, physical death. But let me tell you, he's alive forevermore. He bore your sickness. Spiritually, being born again. Physically, healing. And emotionally, restoration. Come to Jesus. In the South, they have, we need a come to Jesus moment. We need, every one of us need a moment today. Man, I'm going to eat good. I'm going to watch my grandkids run around getting Easter eggs and all kinds of stuff. But I'll tell you, I'm going to have a come to Jesus moment today. I've had it with you here today. Worship. Wasn't worship awesome? Wasn't the band fabulous? Man, wasn't that song amazing? Man, we're blessed here at Valley. Let me give you the fourth thing completed, and we'll conclude, because I hear your stomachs growling. (laughs) Why do we celebrate Easter? He bore and released us from sin. Jesus bore our sin in his body, Scripture tells us. How many of our sins did he bear? The answer is, what is it? All of them. Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Did he bear the sins that you have committed in the past? Yes. Did he bear the sins of last week? Don't worry, God didn't tell me what they were. (laughs) Yes. Did he bear the sins you might commit next week? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how powerful Easter is. Jesus bore and released me and you from shame, from slavery, from sickness, and from sin. So let me close by reading you another scripture of the story of the death and resurrection. And it's found in the Old Testament. Yeah, it was. Psalm 22 gives us the story. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, 
He trusted in the Lord. Have you ever had someone say that? He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. They gape at me with their mouths like a ragging and roaring, raging and and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. The story of Easter, the story of the cross and the resurrection is it is finished. God has done all he needs to do so that you can walk in the authority that he has given you. The kingdom of God and its lifestyle is a completed work. We are free. Leave this place knowing you are free from the power of any bondage or anything that is holding you back from a victorious life. What you have to do is, like I said at the beginning, is just believe it and walk in it. Then live it on a daily basis, getting in the Word, journaling, praying, attending church, giving to your neighbor, loving your coworker, being the answer for those who don't know the meaning of Easter. And then personally from your pastor and all around the world in Ghana, everywhere, Philippines that are watching, I want you to understand this. Your pastor loves you. I believe in you. May 16th, we're going to begin the new season of Valley Community Church. We will have our Sunday morning service, <clears throat> hopefully waiting till fall, where we can have multiple services. We will have our Spanish service in the afternoon, but on May 16th in the evening at 6 o'clock, we will begin our new Bible study and the new realm of identity, our youth group and our children's ministry, and we will see God flourish at Valley Community Church. Why? Because we know the meaning of Easter. Shall we stand?